Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon, August 9th. We're glad you have tuned in with us today. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 if you have any questions or comments. As Doug and I chatted up today, you can email us at ask at SWAT Radio com little delayed coming in there doug as you were sharing with me something Lori sent uh that was fascinating and i know our listeners are going what are they talking about <laughs> you know some of the things you and i end up talking about on the breaks and before and after uh are pretty interesting <laughs> well, uh, you, well you were you were sharing something about uh, a lady out in portland renting a a, a, a theater <laughs> yeah well uh you know, yeah. the 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 thing is, this lady out in Portland, it, it's thing is going viral. People, you know, put it out there. She rented out a a, a theater, uh, and everybody that come, she she was kind of kind of I don't know if raffle off the tickets or just advertise the tickets. You could go to her private screening of Barbie, if. <laughs> And only if you wore an N95 mask, there's no concessions. There's only one employee of the theater that's going to be there. And these 20 people watching Barbie with mask on for two and a half hours. Man, that's classic. That sounds. <clears throat> Was that almost wrote, two years after uh, COVID? Yeah. Is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Well, yeah. there's, a lo- there's a lot to say. I, you know, Portland, you've been to Portland, haven't you? Uh, I've been there many times. It's yes. a beautiful place. Yeah. It used to beautiful. be. Used to well, be not quite yeah. as much anymore. Well, it's still just a beautiful part of the country. Um, but I was listening, and some of our listeners may have heard this already that Portland has lost an estimated $1 billion in tax revenue in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it's interesting where that that tax base is coming from, and it's from the higher income people, who I think have just had it. They're just they're done living there, uh-huh. and you, you got to kind of take a step back and look and go, what what are the policies that were implemented over the last two or three years okay. that may have con- may and I use quotes here that may have contributed to that. Well, we we. For all the people that have moved down here from New York, uh, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, we live in a hot, humid environment down here. Uh, and, you know, there's there's data out there that shows that in countries close to the equator where it's hotter and more, you know, humid, uh, there's less coronavirus. Imagine that. Uh, and the heat index yesterday was 107. Yes. It's probably close to it today. I think it's right there. Yeah. So I, but I, I literally was driving here and saw a guy had to be in his twenties in his vehicle driving by himself with a mask on. And I'm like, is he insane? I mean, it, it, has nobody told him, uh, did he not get the memo? that uh and 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 i know there's people out there going well hey there's still cases of covid going around 
Uh, yes, there are. Um, but have you noticed the media doesn't talk about anybody dying from COVID right now? Hmm. Have you noticed they're not even talking really about the number of cases of COVID right now? Or that and vaccines yet, don't yeah, help? Yeah. In fact, I saw one article today that said there is no evidence that getting six boosters a year is going to help you. And the, the Biden administration acknowledged that. So I just... We live in such a state of fear, and I showed you that video of that lady out in Portland because she's terrified of going into a theater with normal, everyday people because she's afraid that she might get coronavirus. Mm. That is what the last three years has produced and and she's just one of many out there yeah i was gonna say i think you know we've all seen it and i you've seen that person like you said in the car driving by themselves fully masked now full full transparency we don't know what's going on there yeah um i realize that maybe there's some illness maybe maybe there's something so i'm trying to grant some but I've been in places, Doug, where I looked around and, you know, multiple people have masks on. And, I, you know, it's, it does, listen, you can do whatever you want to do, but it just makes me wonder. Well, the masks aren't even effective they're against not effective. the coronavirus. And it makes you wonder where are these people getting their information? Well, do you, do you remember uh, back before coronavirus hit, like in 19, people in America used to look at people in china and hong kong over there and go why are these people wearing masks all the time notice where these people were they were in a communist controlled country Mm. that spreads fear yeah and and i used to look at them going why are all these people wearing masks and now we look around here. I go, I traveled to Mississippi. I saw people walking into Walmart. There's 100 degrees outside and they're wearing a mask. They, these people are doing more damage to their body by inhaling that carbon monoxide, yeah. you know, than they are and not being able to breathe than they are. People are exercising still with mask on. It is insane. And we had Byron Bridenlaw in here. Uh, back during the midst of COVID, uh, an epidemiologist from up in Canada who proved that masks do nothing to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yeah. It, the droplets get through. He he proved that. Well, it just, again, to me, it's where are you getting your information from? I mean, you, you, how important is it that we monitor the information that we're getting and uh, I don't know if you, uh, you know, Dr. Moeller's back, uh, back on the briefing. Yeah, he is. And uh, he took, a, I think he took about a month break. But uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Dr. Al Moeller's The Briefing, it's a great daily podcast, Monday through Friday, to, uh, usually about 20, 25 minutes. And uh, today's um, was, so it's usually broken into two or three parts. This, this morning's was medicine and politics collide in transgender revolution. And then he, he goes into uh, Pope Francis' journey to Portugal, uh, basically stating that who are we to judge about homosexuality? That's an interesting uh, listen. 
but uh anyway just great great place to go you know i think and doug we, we talk about it often the the amount of information we have access to and how important it is that uh you know we govern that to some extent uh, boy we could we could literally 24 7 be getting information well are, are you are you familiar with axios yes a kind of yep. a left-leaning progressive leaning uh news source anyway they published an article which has been cited a couple of places about um a triple demic coming covid flu and rsv all all respiratory type things and uh the surgeon general has also identified that we're in an epidemic of loneliness and isolation well imagine that in light of what we're talking about and so the reason i I bring that up no we're not still in the midst of covid but the fear from what we experienced is still there and you know i really highly encourage you to go see essential church movie.com are you checking to see if it's still out yeah i am because uh it is um they're gonna uh ship out the dvds of it and blu-rays on august 31st um but uh i think it's still playing uh let me see if it i'm gonna put in our zip code here and see if it's still playing in our area it it was still playing as of last week nope it's not playing uh see the closest place is i think it's all it's out now it's all the way out at theaters so it ran its course but if you go to essentialchurchmovie.com you can order a dvd highly recommend it uh because it talks about when the state tries to come in and dictate to the church what worship looks like or when they can worship when they can't worship and so um it's a uh, essentialchurchmovie.com but in that macarthur and the people who put that thing together really the, the it was people who documented what happened um they just talk about there are times to take a stand yeah there's a times to say no and you know people were so coward uh and hunkered down during covid in the churches that um I, I think there may be, don't know for sure, but there still may be some churches still not meeting. There's certainly people that don't go that catch it by Zoom because of what happened. And now they've just gotten into a habit to only wanting to see it on TV. But there's something that's uh, lacking there, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. If you If you didn't get a chance to see that, yeah, I would go ahead and... Uh, put your order in for that dvd or you know i'm 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 assuming doug i know you had an interview with phil johnson uh maybe good to have him back on sometime soon to find out is this going to be on netflix not that netflix would would show this i mean that that's the the challenge is who's going to actually show this uh maybe daily wire maybe you know one of those Mm -hmm. those groups but it you know the the idea is is i mean this movie as you put it you know government use uses covid edicts to restrict the gathering and worship of the church Mm -hmm. and uh, it really highlights three pastors in particular 
two of them actually in Canada, correct? Or yes. were both of those in yeah, Canada? Yeah, that, that two two of them in Canada. Um, you know, one of them was pretty. Uh, well, both pretty of them well were known. both of them were jailed. Yeah, yeah, both of them were jailed. But one of them was pretty well known for Grace Church up there, and uh, I think they both were masters grads. I, I, I know believe. one of them was. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if the other one was, but anyway, great great movie great film it's not a movie as much as it is a a documentary documentary. yeah Yeah. it really was good and uh again um it's called the essential church.com and you know the sad part is is when they arrested these pastors up there um they arrested them simply for holding church i mean they they just were having the gathering of the saints and so um well, I don't know if that was uh, – I don't think that was exclusive to California. Well, obviously it wasn't because uh, we're talking about Canada also. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Did you see that uh, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has agreed to debate Governor Gavin Newsom? Oh, no, that's great. <laughs> <clears throat> I think so, too. I think so, too. It'll be, it'll be, what a contrast between how things are done – on the west coast versus how they're done on the east coast yes um uh, it was james coates was the name of james yeah yeah of grace life church and um you know i it's just really the other guy was tim stevens uh i think he was in calgary so uh yeah it was good uh the essentialchurch.com hey when we come back brad we're going to be delving into the kingdom gospel again this week and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Ready yeah. to jump in. If you want to call this afternoon, 844-777-7928. We're going to jump into our book that we've been working through, The Discipleship Gospel. Hope you can join us. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The floor. Florida, Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Riverside at 91.7. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call in, 
844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. You can also email us your questions or comments as we uh, just uh, chat about this book. Ask at SWATradio.com. A-S-K at SWATradio.com. If you are new to SWAT, wondering what SWAT is, good question. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. In fact, uh, we just came out of a weekend, our SWAT training weekend, actually really our SWAT training Saturday, which was uh, this past Saturday, as uh, we had a, how many guys showed up? Probably 70, well, it was 70, right around 74, I yeah, think. Yeah, great Herman <clears throat> Herman would have made 75 from uh, Herman. up in Virginia, but uh, <laughs> he, he did not show up. Well, it was Even good. though we had a seat with his name on it. <laughs> We did. Herman, no shame, brother. Really, no shame. Uh, but we did have a good number of guys come in from out of town, and uh, that's always encouraging. Guys willing to get on the road and come come hang out with us. Great study of the book of Haggai. Yeah, it was really uh, – it, 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 I love that study. It was uh, just a really uh, rich study, and I'm, I'm thankful that uh, God led us there because it was very enlightening for me in a lot of ways. So, uh, Amen. Well, I know you and I and David Gray over the summer have been working through our this book called The Discipleship Gospel, mm-hmm. What Jesus Preached We Must Follow. It's been a very helpful book. Obviously, Doug, you and I promote a lot of books here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't promote those as primary but secondary to the Bible. That needs to be the main book you're in. But uh, these, these books are a great um, addition to our studies and uh, in particular uh, in fact we're continuing to look at this idea of a a gospel defined Uh, you know if if you were to ask a certain number of people uh, what the what the gospel is you you might get a number of different uh, answers Um, so i know we're going to kind of jump into that today well you know Um, a lot of people we i asked you this yesterday like if you've ever asked anybody what is the gospel you you know people most people would say something about the cross something about jesus dying but very few people would say something about his kingdom or his kingship because of the culture we've grown up in and um paul like you shared yesterday said you know in galatians listen you preach a different gospel if you preach a different gospel, then may you go to hell, basically. May you be cursed. Well, that's what being cursed by God mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, and so, you know, I was reading this morning, you know, I don't know why so many people struggle with this idea of, um, of repentance and belief and following uh, when you truly believe. But I was reading you know, this morning, and when Paul is talking to Agrippa and he's sharing his story with him in Acts 26, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, then throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles. So he says, I've declared this message everywhere that they should repent and turn to God 
performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. In other words, they can't just profess a belief. There needs to be some deeds that authenticate that belief. Yeah, and that's a key word, that authenticate it. They're not deeds that save you. They're deeds that authenticate They authenticate that the belief is real because the belief comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enlightens you. He gives you birth. He gives you life. And like I asked yesterday, those questions by Montgomery Boyce, these are really good questions. You know, he he was a wise guy. And um, if I let me see if I can find it, I, I had it. Yeah. This is what Boyce said. What did you have to do with your physical birth? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right. Did you say, I'd like to be a boy born to, born to Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Because they're nice people. You didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. You had no choice over who you were born to. Yeah, you're, you're not. You're not. Did you ever? Did you little little detour here for a second? Did you ever buy dogs for your kids? I did. So you actually went to the to the dog store and I, picked it out, I right? Picked it out. Now that dog was cute, probably. That you know. Yeah. If you brought your kids with you, we didn't get the ugly dog. No. Yeah, exactly. So there was some. That, we're not talking about that, right? No. Yeah. In, in a sense, that dog was trying to make himself look good, right? Yeah. Well, the, the people that own the pet store made him look good because they wanted you to buy him. But, but the point that Boyce is making is you had nothing to do with who you were born to. You had nothing to do uh, with the gender you were born to contrary to what modern people are saying Mm -hmm. you can't choose your biological sex it is determined by god almighty at birth and you can change the outside but you can't change the dna you can change the look you can dress up a pig put lipstick on it but it's still a pig right yeah and so the other thing he said is did you say i would like to be a girl grown up grow up to be five foot 10 120 pounds no you had no influence over when you were born how you were born where you were born or who you were born to and it's the same way with the holy spirit god says through his word we were dead you were dead dead people can do nothing he breathes life into us and then energizes us to be able to respond. And so Paul says, keep deeds in keeping with repentance. Now, what does that have to do with the definition? Well, if you listen to this definition, some people may have a problem with it because they're going to say, well, you're adding works. That's what the argument always mm-hmm. is when you, when you tell the truth about the gospel. And he says this, this is the gospel the kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth. He is Christ. He's Messiah, the King, God's one and only Son. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and resurrected on the third day according to the Scriptures. That comes right out of 1 Corinthians 15. In His great love and by His amazing grace, God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sin who believes the gospel and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't do those things unless he enables you to do that. Yeah, that's right. And so much, Doug, of what we've been talking about as we're working through this book 
are the the seven statements that need to be present as we uh, as we declare the gospel, as we proclaim the gospel. And this is kind of the 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 point really for me, Doug, is looking back as I've shared the gospel, I've oftentimes shared an incomplete gospel. Mm-hmm. And and we we talk about what you just read, the, the definition, at least that Bill Hull and Ben Sobel's mention here, it really highlights these four declarative statements that God's kingdom is here. Mm-hmm. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He died for our sins and he was resurrected from the dead. But then they also highlight these the three imperative responses to Jesus is repent of sin, believe the gospel, and follow Jesus. Yes. And whatever your definition of the gospel is, it must include these seven statements. Well, yeah, and it begins and ends with the kingdom of God, right? I mean, like, in, in it. It, it brings out, at least what they shared in their definition, brings out the already but not yet. You know, yeah. Paul Tripp talks about that a lot in his book or in his New Morning Mercies, that we live between the already and the not yet part of God's kingdom. And um, notice that also their definition included the humanity of Jesus when it says Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. You know, the disciples and even uh, Paul were clear to say that when they shared. And then um, they also referenced the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they underscore the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then they conclude, we didn't read that last statement. I want to read it of what they shared. When Jesus returns on the last day, the great day of judgment, everyone who followed him will enter the kingdom of God. And the, the, the follow him there, I, I would add, and, and they say in the book, you know, this is not a complete definition. This is just how we've articulated it based on what the Bible says. But everyone who's followed him in, I would say, in perseverance, everyone who's followed him who, because um, because there are people who follow him who fall away who don't follow him anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're like, judas and so he will come back and he's going to take those who follow him who've been empowered by the spirit who persevere the perseverance of the saints and so um you know and it's not enough just to know this definition or to have a definition but we define it so we can then teach the elements and talk about like you brought up those those seven elements to people so people can get a grasp on it so that when they go share it with somebody, they share it clearly and fully. Well, and this is, this is why we're working through this, is to help equip the listener that as we fulfill the Great Commission to go make disciples, that we know what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, we've mentioned this quote several times, the gospel you preach determines the disciples that you make. I love what Tim Keller says in the beginning of this chapter 9. He says, the gospel has been described as a pool in which a toddler can wade and yet an elephant can swim. It is both simple enough to tell a child and profound enough for the greatest minds to explore. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, there's a great quote by uh, Charles Hodge. It says, the gospel is so simple that small children can understand it. And it is so profound that studies by the wisest theologians will never exhaust its riches. Mm. You and I have talked about that oftentimes. We we cannot plumb the depths of his word. But yet the gospel needs to be simple enough. Well, if you if you look at people who quote have surrendered to the gospel or who believe the gospel, are they following Jesus? If they're not, they're probably not been given the right gospel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Glad you joined us. We're gonna uh, take a quick break. If you want to call in, eight four four seven 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 nine two eight eight four four seven 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 SWAT. You can email us at ask at SWATradio.com if you have any comments or questions. Love to hear from you. Newing Your Mind Minute with Dr. R.C. Sproul. A person doesn't have to be a preacher to contribute to the kingdom of God. The New Testament teaches that every believer not only is indwelt by the Holy Ghost, but is gifted by the Holy Ghost for service. Every Christian has some gift given to them by the Holy Ghost. And we are accountable to Christ for how we exercise our gifts. And I think one of the tasks of the clergy is to help the laity within the church discover what their gifts are so that they're not endlessly frustrated by having a heart that is willing to serve, but they don't know how. For today's special offer, visit renewingyourmind.org. No active accidents, but there's major delays because of a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway 295 northbound at the Dames Point Bridge, blocking the right lane. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway 295 northbound at the west end of the Buckman Bridge. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 77. Wednesday, partly sunny and hot, high 97. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you have joined us today. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. And uh, good, good discussion as Doug and I are working our way through a book. And by the way, uh, the book's called The Discipleship Gospel, What Jesus Preached We Must Follow. And this idea of following so oftentimes is perceived as some sort of a works salvation and that is clearly not what we're we're hitting on here no you know i one of one of the things i love about uh this particular chapter is the uh, idea of writing out your own gospel definition it's mm-hmm. not yours but the way it's just your wording to the accurate biblical definition of the gospel and, you know, Tim Keller says in the book, 
today there are many who doubt that there's just one gospel and that gives them the warrant to ignore the gospel of atonement and justification there are others who don't like to admit that there's different forms to that one gospel that uh, smacks too much of contextualization which a lot of people don't like they cling to a single presentation that is often one-dimensional neither of these approaches is as true to the bible nor as effective in ministry as that which understands that the bible presents one gospel in several forms in other words the 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 stuff in the con- inside the container never changes. That's right. But the container mm-hmm. can have different forms yeah. in different <clears throat> places. Yeah, it's like we were, you and I were just talking about on the break. You know, so many of the the uh, you know current churches, uh, big church movements right now are some of them are made up of people who may not look the way you and I look. Mm. And uh, and you know, for me, Doug, it was a I like how Bill and Ben. In, uh, in this particular chapter, go in. He says, the gospel is a scriptured, scripture-based declaration in narrative form yeah. that tells us who Jesus is, what he has done, how he fulfills all scripture, and how he calls us to respond to him. Mm-hmm. It says this is the format of our gospel definition. And as you said, I mean, I think... You you kind of read their kind of definition, uh, but you could take that and tweak it a bit. Like you said, I love that. The, what's in the container doesn't change. Uh-huh. And uh, you've probably, as many times as you've shared the gospel, it, it may change a little bit based on who you're sharing that with. Well, that, that container changes. That's right. But I love the way that they have taken what Jesus said. I can honestly say, and I've been sharing the gospel with people for 30 years or more, mm-hmm. okay? I I can't say that um, I've ever been taught to include the kingdom aspect in it, to be honest with you, until uh, even though I, I do, I, I work it in, or God works it in as, as I share, but the uh, the the whole idea of starting with the kingdom if you remember when we went to the philippines i talked about it starts with god god created us for a relationship right but what i like about what they start with is the kingdom of god is here it's 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 now why Mm -hmm. because he sent his son his son came back or his son came to earth uh in human form to show us what life with the Father should look like on a 24-7 basis, right? I mean, that's when Jesus came, he came to die on the cross to pay for our sins, but he also came to show us what it looked like to model dependence on the Father, to model yeah. ministry to the poor, ministry mm-hmm. to the orphan, to the hurting. And... Um, and so the way they define it here, it starts with the kingdom of God, and and it, it is here. Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, and he calls you to repent, believe, and follow. And, and uh, you know, the, those declarative statements you mentioned in there of the kingdom is here, 
the kingdom is here and now mm-hmm. is one that brad i think is missing in a lot of places oh yeah and this is i, I think of when i look at these seven uh, essential statements that they bring out in this book as as the as the gospel is defined i think that element that god's kingdom is here has been missing in my proclamation of the gospel and uh and you know again just to cover what what they're getting at is the the four declarative statements that jesus makes is god's kingdom is here that he is christ he is messiah he died for our sins Mm -hmm. and he was resurrected from the dead Mm -hmm. now based on those declarative statements from the lord jesus how are we to respond well we're to repent repent of sin we're to believe the gospel and we're to follow christ Mm -hmm. and i think of you know when, when, when we talk about following christ what does that mean is it just mean learning about him well, no, you know we're, we're not just to learn about him uh it's you know i think as james says we're not merely to be hearers of the word we're to be doers of the word we're to be we're to do what jesus did yeah and it's interesting in the way we think about discipling today like if you mention the word discipling to people or disciple they think about somebody that's being taught um just the scripture but it's more than just being the learning part the getting that the intellectual part it in fact if you look at the way paul and john and even peter in scripture talk about um how they're influencing younger men or they're addressing some of the people they're discipling they use parenting language and it's almost Mm -hmm. like a a father-child relationship teaching them you know um, apprenticing them yeah. to learn yeah. not just intellectually but to practice and that's why it says in hebrews um, uh, those whom the father loves he what he chastens or he disciplines because you can't just know it you've got to apply it like you say a lot of times it goes through you the yeah. word can't just go into your head um and so, <clears throat> but don't you think? And I don't want to interrupt your thought here, but you and I, and you specifically, have talked a lot about the fact that when you, I think the percentages of people who share the gospel and even share their faith is so high of people who don't share their faith. And I think, what is it, 97% or 95 never told somebody the gospel of, of Jesus. evangelical evangelicals have never shared the gospel and it makes me wonder whether or not uh, they've ever tasted that the lord is good in other words you know i use a lot of food references but if you have a good meal somewhere you it's very easy to go out and talk about what you've experienced and uh spurgeon said this "I, i will not believe that thou hast tasted of the honey of the gospel if thou can eat it all to thyself mm-hmm. in other words if the, if the gospel is so good then why aren't we sharing it well you, you know how many times have you heard people say well you know i'm i'm a 
I'm a Christian. That's what the term is. I'm a Christian. Um, and that's why I prefer telling people, when people ask me what church I go to, I tell them I'm a follower of Jesus. Go to Jesus' yeah, church. Yeah, I worship wherever <laughs> Jesus is, you know, yeah. and then uh, I might be at this church or this church over here, but I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not defined by a denomination or even a non-denominational title. I'm a follower of Jesus, and and that's a really big part of a characteristic of a true believer. They're followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not a pastor. No. No, no, they're followers of Jesus. And when you, you know, it was so rich for me to write out the gospel in my own words. And it doesn't mean I'm changing what the gospel is. I'm just articulating it in a way that I can articulate it. And so I might articulate it a little different than you. I might use different words than you, but I articulate it in the words that God has given me to describe what's described in Mark 1, Mark 8, 1 Corinthians 15. Those those are the places where we find these elements, Mark 1, Mark 8, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And that's the, that's the gospel Jesus preached. You brought it out. You know, it's the kingdom of God is here. Jesus suffered and died and was resurrected. And, and you know, he calls us to repent, believe, and follow him. That is are the elements of the gospel um you know um so the kingdom jesus death resurrection and then repent believe and follow yeah if, if you can remember those words kingdom jesus christ death and then resurrection and then repent believe and follow that are the the key words for the gospel yeah <clears throat> well when we come back from the break we'll look at these unique characteristics that you just covered doug hope you can uh, call in this afternoon 844-777-7928 844-777-SWAT stay tuned we'll be right back if you'd like to contact swat radio the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928 That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Jacksonville at 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Um, you know, Doug, you were you kind of highlighted it there as we went into the break. In in the book, he he uh, he says that the, it listed, listed some unique characteristics of the definition that are worthy of consideration. The definition begins and ends with the kingdom of God. It includes the already but not yet tension of God's kingdom. It emphasizes Jesus's humanity. You mentioned it, Jesus of Nazareth. It highlights Jesus's deity and exclusivity. In other words, it's God's one and only Son. It references the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It expresses God's love and grace. It underscores the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it concludes with a focus on the end of time. Mm. And, um, you know, I love that idea that it begins and ends with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. Yeah. And I tell you, trying to navigate in our world with all the different things out there um you know the gospel is about dealing with our sin dealing with our alienation from god that is the bottom line is there's good news for the bad news right yeah that's right um what yeah uh what good is the good news if there's not why do you need the good news yes uh and so um a lot of times when you hear people on tv talking some especially some of the what i would call prosperity gospel people out there they have a very attractive message it's very kind of milk toasty i mean it uh you know, feel good. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to talk about uh, really even Jesus' death on the cross. You just need Jesus. You'll just hear him say, <laughs> you just need Jesus, right? <clears throat> they don't preach the whole counsel of God. Hmm. Uh, and they what they preach is really just about Jesus coming so you can have an abundant life and focusing on the the both the i don't know if it's just the the you know the healing or the hope or the money or whatever but there's a lot of people i over i'd say 30 million people probably throughout the world that watch at least one prosperity gospel uh guy <clears throat> every weekend isn't that crazy it is, well it, it is not surprising uh the culture that we're in uh, you even talked about that this weekend as you were working through Haggai. Mm. We are a we're a self-centered, self-seeking, <laughs> self-glorifying people. I, I love. We often share quotes from what I call dead theologians. Yeah, love love this uh, by Charles Spurgeon. He's uh, this and and kind of connecting to what you're you were just talking about. Listen to this avoid a sugared gospel Mm. as you would shun sugar of lead Mm. he says seek that gospel seek that gospel which rips up and tears and cuts and wounds and hacks and even kills Mm. 
For that is the gospel that makes alive again. And when you have found it, give good heed to it. Let it enter into your inmost being. As the rain soaks into the ground, so pray the Lord to let his gospel mm. soak into your soul. Mm. And, you know, as, as I think this has kind of been such a good book for me this summer is just to kind of bathe in this the gospel well what is it well well so just to give you an example this is a this is a message um from um um really a devotional joel osteen put out (laughs) okay so this i'm and 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 i and i call his name out because this is what he's put out there in in contrast to what i just read exactly (laughs) and this is what he says back in the garden of eden after adam and eve ate the forbidden fruit they hid uh, God came and said, Adam, Eve, where are you? They said, we're hiding because we're naked. I love the way God answered them. He said, Adam, who told you you were naked? In other words, who told you something was wrong with you? He knew the enemy had been talking to them. God is saying to you today, who told you you don't have what it takes to succeed? Who told you the best grades you could make in school were C's rather than A?" Who told you you're not attractive enough? Who told you your marriage is not going to last? Who told you something was wrong with you? These are lies from the enemy. You need to reject those and discover what God says. I don't think I could get that promotion, Joel. Who told you that? God said, no good thing will I withhold with you. Uh, who you know? No good thing will I withhold when you walk uprightly. I don't think I'll ever get married, Joel. I haven't had a date in so long. Who told you? When you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I don't think I could be in management. He just goes through. You can do all things through Christ. The potential is inside you. It doesn't change because you don't believe it or because you've gone through a negative experience. Now, here's the problem with everything he just laid out. It has nothing to do with Genesis 3. Yeah. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do... And he misses a golden opportunity there as he's promoting you and what you can do. Uh, you know, uh, he he misses out on the fact that Adam knew he was naked because he wanted to be God. Like Eve, he, he did something God told him not to do. He was exposed. And yes, what did God do? He, he didn't just tell him what was good about him. No, God killed an animal to cover him. Hmm. There was a death required because of what that, to go into the good news about Jesus. Listen, we are all pond scum. We all blow it. We all need Jesus. There's nobody on the face of the earth that doesn't need a Savior. Nobody, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and so to take the Genesis 3 passage and make it about you getting a husband or you getting a job or you get it has nothing to do with that that whole passage is dealing with how sin you eat of that fruit you're going to die and look at what has happened in the world Mm -hmm. and and that's what the problem with prosperity gospel teaching is they don't focus on the redemptive element of man and God, God redeeming man back into relationship where he's dependent, where he trusts, he looks to God. They focus on 
Don't you want that promotion? Don't you want that car? Don't you want a healthy life? Don't you want a healthy bank account? The focus is in the mm. wrong place. Mm. Isn't that, isn't that <clears throat> you stop, you know, you start thinking about that. Osteen just wants Adam and Eve to feel better. He, I mean, he, he's, it has nothing to do with their eternal destiny. And, and, and the problem with it is people who have itching ears, they like to hear that kind of stuff, right? Because nobody wants to be told they're dying and going to hell. Nobody wants to be told they've offended a holy God. And so, um, the gospel is not about your best life now. The gospel is about being back in relationship with the God the Father by following his son in obedience, repenting, believing, and following because his son, Jesus of Nazareth, died, it was suffered, died. On the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures, and the kingdom of God is here now. Yes. That's, yeah. that's Repent the Repent and believe. Yes. Doug, I I, uh, I was thinking as you were reading the Osteen information, you know, these people, you know, you're looking for a promotion, you're looking for a position, you're looking for a, a spouse, you're, you know, whatever it might be, and, and those can be a blessing, and I believe they are a blessing. But I was I was reminded of what you were teaching through in Haggai in chapter one verse six it says, "You have sown much and harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes." Mm. I can't help but think of uh, Tim Keller's uh, no excuse me uh, John Piper's quote. Uh, from uh, Don't Waste Your Life, where he says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. That doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue a job promotion, but that job promotion is not going to satisfy. Well, John Piper says that, and this is a quote, prosperity cannot be proof that of God's favor, since that's what Satan promises to those who worship him. Exactly. I was just thinking of the same thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. he, so here's the, so you go, well, why are you picking on Joel Osteen? Joel Osteen's version of the gospel focuses on God's solution to our problem by giving you kind of what people call the, the fortune cookie Bible, hmm. different verses that talk about uh, walking in God's blessing. Whereas God's solution for our problem is his kingdom is here. Jesus suffered and died and rose again after his death on the cross, according to the scriptures. And it's a one-sided divine rescue of me and you to be in a right relationship. So we go as ambassadors. We're his representatives out in the world so that we can proclaim the goodness of him who called us from darkness into the light. That is the gospel, and that's the difference. Uh, the goal of Osteen is your best life now. The goal of God the Father through his son Jesus Christ and the apostles is we suffer now, there's glory coming. Your best life is yet to be, Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and I know as we kind of conclude, I, I, I think I told you as I was going through this book a month or two ago that I'm going to really re- rewrite a definition of the gospel that you know there like you said there's there's the the container has to have these seven elements in it 
And uh, I love what he says here, just in conclusion. He says, gospel definition, our, our gospel definition reminds us that when you listen to the way people talk about being a disciple, many of them, even prominent leaders in disciple-making movements, make it sound like you can be a Christian and not be a disciple. <laughs> yeah. But a Christian and a disciple aren't two different things. They're mm-hmm. one and the same. He says, you cannot be a Christian and not be a disciple. All Christians are disciples. All true believers, yes. for sure. Yeah. But you can be a disciple and not be a true believer because yep. you're just following. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're all disciples yeah, yeah. in some way, yeah, yeah. Well, right? Of something. We're